What is going on, guys? This is Gene Jensen, and it is time for another Friday Night Live. What's up, Sean? How you doing, man? Jared, good join. Welcome. Glad you could join us today. She, he says, oh, snap. This is awesome. My first live chat with the Flute Master. How cool is that? Hey, I like the picture of that guitar in your uh, in your thumbnail or your picture, though. That's pretty cool. Pretty cool. I want to let people jump on here, get things rocking and rolling. I really don't have any topics. I've been on the road all day, uh, running around in circles for five and a half hours, six hours of driving. But but yeah, it's uh, it's pretty exciting. I'm getting ready to go to uh, to start pre-fishing for this BASS. Um, what they're calling it, the Bass, uh, anyway, it's the Bass Kayak Series Tournament on Logan Martin, so what's going on, what's going on, Scotty, we'll get to questions here in just a second, let me get all these things rocking and rolling, get things going on, all right, and then, um, it's a Kiesel, oh wow, dude, that's awesome, I have a uh, my, my only guitar that I have left, I've given a bunch of my old guitars away, but I have a Takamini acoustic, one of the original good ones that's got the really good pickups in it. So I haven't had it serviced in a while, though, so it doesn't sound great, but I got to get those pickups just kind of taken care of. So um, what's up, Stetson? How you doing, man? What's up, Anthony? What's going on, man? I drove through Dallas today on my way to go pick up my boat in uh in Kennesaw I was in Birmingham Alabama and I had to drive and go pick up my boat and then come home so I went through Dallas to avoid traffic so Gordon what's going on oh Miss Black Bass Angler how you doing so yeah talking me guitars are great I love mine I don't play it as much as I used to but Definitely love mine. So uh, I, what I enjoy is I enjoy everybody that's telling me where they're from, man. It's just cool to see where everybody is from on here. Um, if this is the first time you're joining us, uh, whether you're joining us through my podcast or through this uh, this live video, welcome. Be sure to subscribe to my YouTube channel. Hit the little bell. Hit the thumbs up if you guys are watching right now. Hit it because it helps people find the video. Um, kind of boost my video in the rankings, that kind of stuff. So all the thumbs ups I can possibly get would be awesome. So Donald's from New Jersey, a little cold up there. It's cold down here. I had to get the fire going last night. We had actually the kids were out of school today because of black ice all over the roads. Don't want the school buses sliding off into a ditch. So, um, another New Jersey, a lot of guys from up North. Awesome. Uh, what's my favorite jig? Uh, don't have any favorites. I have some that I designed for Seabird Outdoors called the Flute Master Series. I don't make a dime off of them, but I, I mean, I designed them a long time ago and they're still my favorite colors. So I've always used Seabird jigs. So uh, upstate New York, a lot of you guys, how's cabin fever treating you? Goodness gracious. It's killing me. So uh, Corey from Carrollton, that's where Scott's from. So, so no hands caught in the car doors, <laughs> man. It's been crazy. I I left this morning to go pick up a uh, uh, pick up a key to the house I'm running the next couple of weeks uh, on Logan Martin. 
uh, I got a great deal on it. So don't think that I spent a whole lot of money to rent a house, but uh, it's uh, a friend of a friend. And so I went and picked that key up. And then while I was there, I got called from the deal, the, the uh, shop that's working on my boat. I'm getting, uh, after a little while, I got the, I get the motor worked on and they're adding new parts that are coming in. My boat was kind of the very first one off the assembly line of that model. And they've got a different steering package that's with the new ones coming out and they want that on there. So that's why I sent it there to go get it worked on. So, um, which six cents crankbait would you recommend for spring this time of year? Texas baby begins. That's hilarious because I have one right here somewhere. Which one? And I can't remember what this one is called. This one's one I'm going to try. I, I fished a while ago, but I'm going to, when I go to Texas, Come on, focus, focus. When I go to Texas, I'm going to try this one out. This is, uh, I'll be at Lake Fork in three weeks. And I want to throw that one around. It's uh, supposed to, you know, it's supposed to hunt really good. It'll have a erratic reaction. But my favorite six cents one is the uh, Crush Flat 75. Uh, is what I throw a lot this time of the year. It's just a flat-sided crankbait. Uh, it was, I talked about it in my last video, my, uh, my tackle Tuesday. So if those of you guys who haven't seen tackle Tuesday, it's something I'm going to do. And I'm going to try to do one every single Tuesday. I'm literally going to film like four or five of them at a time and then stack them up for every Tuesday. But it's where I talk about seasonal tackle. I've got one coming about uh, small pond or bank fishing tackle. I haven't decided what I'm going to name it. Uh, soft plastics. I mean, just, I'm going to go through a whole bunch of tackle and do this every single, try to do it every Tuesday. So that'll be pretty cool. Um, I get into detail about all of them and stuff like that. So, um, let's see, Dade City, Florida. You guys have good fishing down there right now. What's going on, Tommy? What's going on, man? So, uh, what else? Uh, the other thing is my website. I got to remember to talk about that. I, I've got my website, all of my merch and everything's at flukemaster.com. I got hats. I've got these are really great. These little water bottles I keep hanging around. This is not a sticker. I thought it was a sticker when I first saw it, but it's not. It doesn't. It's on there. So, and it's a Camelback water bottle. I love that thing. Um, shirts, hats, whatever. A really, really cool hoodie. But, um, so anyway, let me go back to doing, I'm doing 10,000 things at one time. I'm kind of late getting things started because I was playing Call of Duty with my son. Uh, is copolymer a good replacement for fluorocarbon so I can use it for moving baits and top water on so on so it is not it's not bad I wouldn't call it a replacement for fluorocarbon because it's it still floats uh, quite a bit comparative to fluorocarbon um, a little bit more visible but it's excellent for top water it's excellent for spinner baits it's very ab abrasion resistant um, there's only in my mind there's only one copolymer brand that are uh, that is any good and that's Iserline Triple Triple X Super Copolymer. I used it for like 15 years before I got sponsored by Seaguar. Now I don't have to worry about that anymore. But a great, great copolymer. So, um, Al says he loves Tackle Tuesdays. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. So, Sean Lay, thanks for the 20 bucks, man. Holy cow! Thanks for donating every week. It really does mean a lot. And if it looks like I'm about to throw up, it's because I ate when I picked up my key. I ate it. Uh, the guy owned the Marco's Pizza, so I ate half of Marco's Pizza. Not good for my digestion. So I really appreciate that, Sean. Um, let's see. What will you fish? What would you fish with in Mississippi? 
I, I'm serious. It, it really doesn't matter where I'm fishing this time of the year. If they are pre-spawning, I'm going to be fishing with the same things that I talked about in Tackle Tuesday. Uh, I'll be fishing with a, a chatter bait, a uh, uh, paddle tail swim bait. Did I say paddle tail? That may be my next video. Um, <laughs> but uh, uh, a, uh, a lipless crankbait, a square bill, a flat sided crankbait, that kind of stuff is what I'm going to be throwing, no matter where I'm at. So, um, uh, Mosier Boy says, the good evening, good evening, Fluke Master and friends. The bite is tough uh, here in upstate, or in New York, this or North Carolina this weekend. I believe it. It's just crazy weather. Um, one thing that I've learned, and I'm gonna talk. I'm gonna not. I'm not gonna answer any questions for a minute because I'm gonna talk a little bit about this. Is one thing that I've learned from um, from years and years of pre-spawn stuff. Okay, and I and for like five to ten years, this is what I thought. I thought that you know the bass would move up towards the spawning flats. They'd get up on the spawning flats, and the cold front would move through, and they'd move all the way back out here, and then they'd come back up again or as they're moving towards the spawning flats, they've got these places where they stop. And if it got cold, you had a big cold front, they'd move back to their winter hots. They don't typically do that. They'll move up as they're traveling back in the creeks and back towards the, the early spawning areas. Um, they stop at like rock piles and transition places where it goes from big rock to little rock or little rock to sand, just something different on the, along the, the shallows. And as they're working their way back, if a cold front hits, they just stop. They stop moving back. As the water starts to warm up, they move again. They might go a little bit deeper, but that's about it. And if they're already up on the spawning flat, they'll pull off on that first drop if it gets colder. And so um, I just, for me, I always pictured them as going backwards and they don't, they just kind of stop. So you guys remember that. So, oh my goodness. Ah, hold on a second. Oh, look at that. King of their bass TV. Man, I talked to your dad this week, Noah. This is Noah Pescatelli. Thanks for the 10 bucks, man. Uh, he's killing it on YouTube right now. I'm so proud of how hard he's been working and doing that. I mean, proud isn't even a, even isn't even half of it, dude. That's awesome. If you guys haven't followed Noah, go follow him. Um, dude, Fish TV. Uh, love the content, brother. You've been a huge influence on my channel. Keep fishing. Awesome. Let's see. Stephen Guthrie says, I just spent $350 on a new swim bait. Whew. Set up without my wife knowing it. So if I go missing, you know what happened. <laughs> oh, man. That's funny, Stephen. Uh, <laughs> let's see. What line condition do people use? I, I, for about 20 years, I've been using this stuff called AVD line and lure, or it just says line and lure. Um, and it's it's one of those you spray on the whole spool before you put it on the reel. You can spray it on the reel, but when you get a bulk spool, spray it on the spool and let it dry overnight. And it's just, it's water-based anyway, and then put it on your reel. And it's excellent. It's a UV protected is what it is. And it doesn't weaken your line. Uh, a lot of the stuff like... Um, uh, real magic it will soften up your line and make it just a slight bit weaker than what it really is so and a lot of times that really doesn't make a difference but you, sometimes you can notice it uh do i live in rome georgia yes i do um i've used line conditioner a few times it does help it doesn't hurt cuts down on line memory yes it does uh the line and lure is really good for fluorocarbon and really good for mono uh, i haven't figured out what it does for braid yet so i don't ever spray it on braid but I, when I tested it out many, many years ago, I, 
I sprayed it on 20 pound test fluorocarbon on my jig rod. This was back when I was guiding at that private resort that has tons of fish. And I caught fish for three years, two and a half years, but almost three years without taking that fluorocarbon off that reel. And I never had a problem with it. The only reason I took it off the reel is because it started to look cloudy, like that milky color. And I thought it was going bad. And I talked to the guys a couple of years ago, told them the story at Seaguar. And uh, they said uh, they said it would have lasted at least another year or two. It just would have been discolored. So I thought that was pretty cool. So, hey, Flipmaster, you catching right now? Not right now. The weather, I've, it's, we've had flooding conditions. It's been raining all day, all, all uh, two weeks, I think. Um, and so I've really been taking care of my house and getting ready for my trips. I got a trip to Logan Martin the next two weeks and then to um, Lake Fork the week after that. So I've really been getting ready for that. So Dude Fish TV, thanks for the five bucks, man. He says, love the content, brother. You've been a few huge influence on my channel. Keep fishing. Thanks, brother. I really appreciate it. Woo, Tyler Sexton, what's up, man? I just saw your, hold on. What are you doing donating 50 bucks? <laughs> That's awesome. Thanks for all your videos and great content and uh, uh, all the time. It's helped me tremendously. Keep up the great work. I appreciate it, man. I got to get this. Uh, let me readjust some stuff real quick so I don't, I'm not leaning over to read these comments. I've got stuff in the way. All right, let's see. What's a good replacement treble hooks for some of my rusty crankbaits? I like, um, it, well, okay, I'm not going to get into too detail. I like uh, round bends. I like the short shank round bends. And I usually go one size, a little bit, one size bigger than, than what was on there. But um, for safety's sake or for, for understanding, you just replace them with some short, short shank round bends. If it is a lipless crankbait, go with what's called a wide gap treble hook. Um, you'll, you'll, uh, land more fish on it. So, uh, Tyler, man, again, thanks for the 50 bucks. That's so freaking awesome. Uh, what is the good, I already read that one. Um, somebody says Tyler's donated a hundred bucks this stream. I didn't see another one. Maybe it had, maybe it didn't. Uh, do you use any fish scent? In, uh, if so, what kind? I use JJ's magic. It's some of the smell, smelliest garlic scent you ever heard, you ever ever had but it's really good so what do you think of the new plano edge master terminal box i like it i don't own one i haven't gotten one yet but i really since i saw them at icast i really am impressed with at least the terminal box is the one i played around with i'm not too sure about the the crankbait box because i haven't messed with it it's the one that has all the little things sticking up you just kind of stick the crankbait down in there so tyler you did it a hundred bucks hold on let me get on my uh let me pull up YouTube because I don't get all of them on the streaming hardware that I'm or software that I'm using. So let me pull up my YouTube stuff. Give me just a second, guys. Sorry about this. Because it doesn't like me sometimes. Let me see. It's going to get loud for a second. Um. Sorry, guys. And let me mute myself. There we go. And bring it down here and over to my other computer. All right. Cool. Let me look for the comments. Oh, there you go. That's awesome, Tyler. I really appreciate it, man. Okay, I'm going to leave that open just so I can see it, uh, so I can keep track of it. So, 
All right, here we go. Back at it. I know that was boring, and I pre I, I apologize. All right, so let's go back and answer some questions. Um, do you like the swinging shaky heads? If so, what kind? I like the football ones. Um, I actually love them. My favorite one is actually the Strike King. It's like the structure head or swinging structure head or something like that. It's got kind of a pointed nose. It comes through everything. It doesn't seem to get uh, hung up quite as much as, as other stuff. But those, no matter what they are, those swinging uh, football heads or the round heads or whatever they are, they don't get hung up nearly as bad as a jig or something with a rigid hook uh, for some reason. Sometimes they work great. Sometimes you'll find a jig will work better. But I, when I'm fishing some pretty, pretty heavy cover and I want to drag a jig, that's something that I would go to. Uh, what line do you recommend for throwing a jerk bait on a spinning reel? Um, I would go with a main line of, of about 20 pound braid, 15 to 20 pound braid, and then tie a fluorocarbon leader that's about eight to 12 feet long. And uh, this is what I do. And, and I, I stole this from Mike Iaconelli at a, at a Bass University. You tie your your line. You leave you know you leave your your fluorocarbon on the spool. You tie the the line to your braid. And then, you know, get it all ready. And then you you uh, reel it onto the rod. And then you go one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, and stop. And that's how long his leaders are. I mean, he's super long leaders, but with jerk baits, that's what I would do. You get a lot longer cast uh, if you use braid. Is there any situation aside from frogging when using a floral leader isn't the best opinion option? Um trying to think. Uh, when I flip heavy, heavy cover, I, I, there's no need for it. So I'll go straight braid. Um, when I'm flipping sparse cover and it's super clear, I'll either go with a long fluorocarbon leader or that knot can get really big. And if I'm doing a lot of flipping, a lot of pitching, that knot will go in and out of the guides and it just drives me nuts to the point where I'll just put 20 pound test fluorocarbon on it and, and call it good. So Tim, Thanks for the five bucks, man. I'll get to you in just a second. I just saw it pop up down here. Uh, it says, your videos are amazing. We'd love to see some kayak tournament prep videos this year. I just sent the footage to my editor today of my last tournament prep, and I'm doing that. I'm doing that with every tournament. So uh, I forgot to send it to him. I sent him like the first two days of pre-fishing and the tournament and stuff like that, but I forgot to send him that. So hopefully we'll have it the next couple of days, and I'll get all those videos out to you guys uh what color works best for you red bug or plum apple um red bug is what i typically do and i throw red bug in the summertime most of the time but it does work in the spring but that's kind of pinks and reds are my favorites in the spring oh what's going on tackle junkie 81 this is jimmy he's got a great youtube channel he has a, a sunday night live that he does so all these guys copy me i don't understand it just y'all just love to copy me <laughs> <laughs> Love you, Jimmy. Uh, Megan Cooper, thanks for the two bucks. She says, would you buy lures, baits, or buy lures, baits, or rod reel, and why? I would buy a rod and reel before I would buy baits that I couldn't fish on the rods I already had. I usually buy what I need. And so I'll have three. If I was to go bare minimum, and I'll pull up your comment. If I was to go bare minimum, I literally would uh, buy three rods, a medium uh, spinning rod, a medium baitcaster, and a medium heavy baitcaster. 
and then I would go and worry about what uh, buying extra extra tackle. So, uh, what's a good middle of the road uh, uh, rod brand? I don't say pole, but anyway, on a budget, uh, but want, a, but I want a decent one. I'm gonna I'm gonna recommend my sponsors. You can go out and look for other deals, but I really feel like the reason I'm with 13 and been with them for four and a half years is because I feel like they are the best deal on the market. You get more than what you pay for. So like their $80 uh, fake chromes that I use all the time, they feel like about $120 rod. It's about where their price point feels like. That's how they fish. That's how they, I mean, they're just great rods. Their $100 ones, you know, feel like about $150 rods. And those are the fake blacks. And so I, that's the reason why I rep 13. It has nothing to do with anything to do with have to do with money or anything else. I just feel like they really love being that that company that is the best at the price points that they put out. So, which is what's really, really cool. So, um, great, Kyler. That's good. Uh, <laughs> I appreciate that comment. We're not going to say it again or say it out loud. If you had a third, if you had to have three rod and reel setups, what would you have? I just answered that one for you, Stetson, without reading your comment. Uh, let me pull down. Let's see. Best muddy bottom bait. Okay. If it's hard mud, I'll throw a jig or a shaky head or a Texas rig worm. If it's really spongy, soft mud where your jig or your bottom bait sinks down in the mud and the bass can't get to it. I'm going to throw something above it. Like a, if you want to throw a soft plastic, something like a short drop shot or a Tokyo rig or something that keeps your bait up off the mud or a very, very lightweight bait, uh, like a, a just a weightless Cinco or something like that, you'd be fine. I get this question all the time. Why did I switch from homie to Hobie to Bonafide? Bon the Hobie deal was done. I had I used to have a network called the Hooked Up Network that I was part of. It's a multi-channel YouTube network. And they negotiated a seven video deal with me for Hobie. I completed those seven videos. I think I did eight, but I completed those seven videos. The contract was over. I gave them the boat back End of story. And uh, then uh, Jackson came along. I was with Jackson for a year. Uh, that didn't work out because they, well, it didn't work out. They weren't, they weren't following through with their side of the, the deal. And so I left them and then Bonafide picked me up and I'm with Bonafide and I'm going to stay with them as long as I possibly can. Um, Let's see. Tackle Junkie says the scamp looks killer. Just picked up a, uh, up a couple. The scamp is really good. I don't have any in here because I just took all my 13 fishing baits out to the barn. Yes. Last night. And I've been on the road all day. So I just couldn't get prepared for this one. But the scamp is a, is 13's new square bill. It's got a, a molded carbon fiber uh, bill to it. So it's a lot more um, durable and it cuts through the water better. So you get a better action. I love them. And the paint jobs are incredible. So, um, let's see, Tyler, is it too early to use a spin, a, a, a spawning technique? Yeah, it depends on your water temperature, but they start spawning around 63, 64 degrees. So it's a good spinning reel for a medium setup. I like a size 3000 series if it's lightweight, if it's a little heavy for me, I'll go to a 2000 series. Um, but uh, and I'm not, I mean, I use the, uh, the, oh gosh, I totally forgot the name of the, the 13 fish and spinner reels I use, 
the prototype X's, but they're actually going to change those this next year and you'll see new ones come out. So uh, new kayak angler here. What's the best rig for Smith Lake, Alabama? I have, I, I, I'm going to tell you right up, right straight up front. I have not had any luck fishing Smith Lake. I fished it for a week and a half last year and I could not figure that lake out to save my life. Plus I didn't have enough gas in my boat to run all over that lake. It's, it's not a huge lake. It's just really, really long. Uh, Law 1831, man. Thanks for the 15 bucks. Wow, you guys are donating like crazy tonight. That's so awesome. Uh, Gene, does the live uh, live bait fishing pressure negatively affect the bass? The shallow creek I fish has tons of live bait on, bo on bob or shiner pressure. Shallow creek with sandy bottom with chunk rocks. Um, I... The only experience I have with that is in Florida where you have the shiner fishermen, the guides almost all fish with shiners. And I really have not seen it affect me much. Um, I just cover a lot of water and I stay, you know, I stay in, in I, I, I just, I stay in the area where I think the, the fish are and I'll, I'll fish right next to shiner guys. If I'm having a good conversation with them and they're okay with me fishing there. But I'll sit there and, you know, catch fish right alongside them. I don't know. I, I've never had that issue. So, May Dude Outdoors. He says, I moved to Covington, Georgia two years ago and got into bass fishing more to have a hobby. I've tried Charlie Elliott, WMA, but I haven't had any luck with the little time I've gotten out there. So, May Dude, I don't know if you know this or not. I grew up in Covington, Georgia. I have fished Charlie Elliott, a public fishing area, since they opened it up. Uh, I was 16 the year they opened it up, and I was there all the time. Uh, it's changed a lot over the years. The, a lot of the wood isn't there that was there back then. But um, I tell you, fish on the on the 15th to the 20th of March, go fish. Um, oh, it's a walk-in lake, and I cannot remember. It's uh, north. Okay, so fish the walk-in lake just to the north side of Bennett that you've got to go around the backside parking and walk in. It's only a couple hundred yards to get a walk in, but that lake is always on fire mid March for some reason, always without a doubt, man. That's so awesome. I hope you enjoy Covington. My mom still lives there. Um, which situation would you pick swim baits? Which situations would you pick swim bait heads with line ties on top versus in line? <clears throat> um, I almost always throw them on jig heads because I'm usually bouncing them on the bottom. If I'm going to fish the close to the bottom, I'm not going to use a line through. If I'm using open water techniques and stuff like that, a line through with a treble hook is just fine. It won't get hung up. But yeah, I almost always fish mine on the bottom. So I'm always going to have a regular jig head with a line tie uh, with, a, you know, a lead, lead head. Whoa, Jake, thanks for the $10, man. That's awesome. I really, really appreciate it. Let's see. Um, Dude, that's a big bass you're holding in your picture. That's awesome. Uh, Gene, wanted to say thank you. Uh, a lot of the videos you've made helped me get to where I am today. Without a lot of, uh, of your teachings, I can't I can't say I've had, I'd have the success I have had today. Man, that's awesome. That's why I do this. That's why I love teaching. That's why I love talking fishing. That's why I spend too long at the tackle shop talking to people. I just really enjoy what I'm doing. It's a blast. Did you make a video with Chuck Pipkin, Chip Pippin? 
I had did not. Um, Chad Hoover's wife went into, I had a, an emergency surgery done. He had to go home and I had to take his place filming his TV show. So uh, plans changed very quickly and, re and I didn't have a chance to really do anything else. So um, let's see. DB Fishing says, have I ever fished Unicoi Lake? Uh, read on GON article. GON is George Outdoor News for you guys who don't know. Uh, article several years ago about giants being caught there. I have never fished Unicoi. I haven't. I need to, I need to go take a look at that. Ever fished in Maryland? Nope, I sure haven't. Hold on, guys. I got it. One of my mustache hairs is tickling my nose. Uh, Jake, I've never fished for bass until about four years ago. And this month, uh, I won the Hobie BOS Lake Center. Oh, that was you, dude. Holy crap. <laughs> oh, and that was a tough tournament. I mean, that was like really tough. I was, that's pretty cool, dude. Uh, tell me how you, how you caught them. Uh, I know that's probably going to, I'll probably miss it, but I hope I get to read it. Uh, what's your plan for the KBF national championship? I'm going to fish it, Scott. Uh, I don't know what my plan is yet. My plan is just to go fish, uh, start pre-fishing here in about a month. So, uh, thanks Gene. I couldn't, I could see the bass, but they weren't interested in anything I threw today. Jerkbait, Cinco, weight, uh, weighted and wacky rig, rattle trap, Carolina rig woo, with a long leader. Yeah, sometimes you do. A lot of times I don't like to see them because it usually means they see me too. So, Parker, go dogs, man. Favorite place to fish in the great state of Georgia? <laughs> I'm trying to think. Uh, it'd have to be right down the road at Rocky Mountain PFA uh, just because it's real close and it's pretty decent fishing most of the time. So, um, Stephen Guthrie says, how much will a red or yellow crankbait and a Ned rig play in the Logan Martin tournament? I am not answering that question only because I'm fishing in it and I really want to win it. So, but I'll show you the picture. I'll show you what's on my desk. See if I do this without knocking them all over. <laughs> These are all red and yellow. <laughs> so anyway, those are going to be, yeah. So that's what i'm working on what was your most productive bait this winter um a jig really was uh and a spoon a flutter spoon or the two that that produced the most for me this winter i didn't fish a lot this winter though uh vertical vertical jigging a swim bait use a top line tie yeah dude when it's a, i like to do that with a small swim bait dude fish tv says i fish for spotted bass and halibut oh spotted bay bass and halibut around uh southern california a lot do you guys have a uh have halibut on the east coast no we don't we have flounder uh which is a kind of a kind of like a halibut not quite but it's a lot smaller so yeah that's what they said jake they said that tournament was down and it was was pretty tough uh is leader to braid necessary in stained or dingy water no no maybe stained water but no i i don't get all into that details i still catch fish so um caught it on the jackhammer half ounce not surprised uh three quarter ounce day two white and chartreuse specifically yeah that's pretty cool man i'll be throwing one of those in the, the for the next four weeks uh, good places to fish in North Georgia, Northeast Georgia, Stetson Jones, Bear, 
is it Bear Creek Reservoir supposed to be really good? Um, and then, of course, Lake Hartwell. But, yeah, Bear Creek is the first one that came to mind. Tyler says, are you fishing any Tennessee team trails or Watts Bar Opens? I am not. Not, not right now. The only ones I'm signed up for are the two BASS ones, the Logan Martin one, the uh, Lake Fork, Texas one, and then the KBF National Championship. And if I win that, I'm going on vacation with my family because I'm going to win about 70 grand. Hey, Gene, do you have any mounted bass? No, I don't. Um, I don't mount mine. I usually take a really good picture and put it in a frame and put it on the wall. My biggest one is 10 pounds, 12 ounces. Caught it out of a lake just east or west, just west of Auburn, Alabama. Conspiracy theory. Wearing a Georgia hat instantly makes you a better fisherman. <laughs> I might have to agree with that. Oh, doesn't make you a better quarterback. Ask Jake Prompt. No, Jake was a great quarterback. He just had some tough receiver issues in the last part of the, this season. Uh, Jake Harshman says, skipping under trees, trees against roots, way up against the bank in eddies. Wow. Dude, that's specific. So what I'm talking about with Jake Harshman is he won the Hobie BA, BOS, Bass Open Series Tournament, on uh, Lake, uh, it wasn't Eufaula, on uh, Seminole. And so he's telling me specifics. He was using chatterbaits. And he was skipping them under trees against the roots, all the way up against the bank. That means the lake was probably high, and it was rising, and those bass had their nose on the bank, which is really cool. That's awesome, man. Have I ever fished Black Shoals? Yes, I have. It's been years. Black Shoals are a really good little reservoir. Um, I fished a tournament and did horrible on it with, with uh, Ryan way, way back in the day. Um Lou Vang says, okay, Lou Vang is asking, he says, you you and Mikey Balls, which is another YouTuber, versus which two you, uh, YouTube anglers? <clears throat> I think me and Mikey Balls need to fish against Noah Piscatelli and anybody of his choice. I think that'll be a great tournament because Noah's a hammer. Uh, that would be a lot of fun. Yeah, I'll put Noah in a, in a little bitty uh, inflatable kayak, though. <laughs> uh, thanks, Aaron. I appreciate that. Uh, Tim Vaughn, do you think the newish Hobie tournament trail and the new Bassmaster tournament trail are the threat against KBF? I don't think so. Nope. Uh, I think they're all going to work hand in hand. I think it's a great idea. Uh, let's see. Uh, Firefighter Salzano says, just got me some chartreuse JJ's magic. Can't wait to try it out here in North Northern Virginia. Just remember, when you store it, make sure it stores upright. Put it in a container that it'll stay upright. The bottle will. Uh, that's the only time it ever leaks out is if it starts to get warm and it's laying on its side. The pressure will push the the uh, the liquid out of the lid if it's not upright. So, uh, what's your best spring bait to use other than a jig? Early spring, when the water temperature is still in the 40s, a jerk bait. Once the water temperature gets in the 50s, I'm gonna throw a chatter bait. And a lipless crankbait and a flat-sided square bill. Uh, as it gets warmer and warmer, I'm going to go faster and faster with those baits. And then once it gets closer to the spawn, I'm going to start throwing like creature baits and stuff like that. I may throw a creature bait earlier than that, but so uh, go-to baits for fishing a new lake. I really don't have any. I let the lake determine what I'm going to throw. I look at the water clarity. I look at the type of cover and structure it has. Like for instance, I went down to Florida. I took uh, weedless uh, 
paddletail swim baits. I took chatter baits because they come through the grass good. Um, I took um, spinner baits because they come through, through the grass good, that kind of stuff. So it just depends on the cover and structure that are on the lake as to what I throw. I try not to have favorites and I try not to have, you know, go-to baits because then I don't go to any other bait and that gets to be a problem. I want I, I leave everything out on the table until I figure out what, uh, what the bass want. Um, let's see. Uh, oh, Jake went up the Flint River. Man, so many turns have been, been one up that Flint, up the Flint River. Have you ever fished Lake Anna in Virginia? And if so, what were your thoughts? I have not fished it. I have some buddies that used to fish it a lot. They loved it. But I've never, I've, I've never fished Lake Anna. Uh, you should do a shore fishing video at Clark Hill or Savannah Rapids or do a saltwater fishing video. I would, but I don't live there anymore. Uh, that's three and a half hours away from me now. So, but uh, yeah, that'd be pretty cool. I'd know exactly where I'd go bank fishing on, in, the, in Clark's Hill right now. So, uh, when is Oconee going to be ready to fish? It should be ready to fish right now. Uh, let the water drop just a little bit. The bass will pull out into the ditches again that are up, they're, they're already up shallow. Uh, but uh, once the water temperature gets in the mid 50s, they'll get into those uh, spawning bays and start hanging out around the docks. So, throw a shaky head, uh, a black trick worm on a shaky head on the outside corners of the docks. Um, and if they're on there, man, you'll catch them. Any strategies for fishing power plant lakes with warm water discharge? Do you think the bass uh, behave differently? I don't think so. Uh, I just think they're a little bit, they'll be a little bit more active. Who donated 50 bucks? Tyler, is it still up there or did you donate another 50? Oh, it just popped up. That's what it was. It took that long for it to pop up, like 15 minutes. That's crazy. Um, let's see. Best graph to distinguish small contour changes. Um, I guess it depends on the lake because a lot of lakes have, you know, the only one, the best one you're going to find is anything that's got one foot contours. Um, I use uh, Humminbird's app. Where is it at? Smartfish is what it's called. Uh, that's the first page on it. That's Humminbird Smartfish. And it's got really good uh, mapping. Let me... Uh, let me pull it up and I'll show it to you. I'm really impressed with it. I've been using the snot out of it, but uh, let's move to a different part of this lake because that's probably going to be where I fish in the tournament. So it's running really slow right now because I'm bulldogging. So look at this. Let's see if I can get it to focus. Probably won't. Uh, come on. Nope. It's not going to. There we go. Look at how detailed that is. It's one foot contours. You can change the colors in, at depth and things like that. It's a really good app. I'm really impressed with it. I also use Navionics web app a lot. So um, that's what I would be. That's what I'd be doing. But anything with a one foot contour change is going to be your best bet. Can you hold a bass by its belly without it flopping around? Sometimes. Uh, small mouth are a little bit, they, they don't flop around when you hold them by the belly, but large mouth, it, it all depends. Sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. Um, let's see. I have not seen Plano's dye storage box. That'd be cool to see. Have you ever fished Lake Zwarner? I have not. Um, all right, let me get caught up a little bit. I got kind of behind. 
how did you come up with the name Fluke Master? That's a good question. Um, I back in the early 2000s, 2002, 2003, I uh, I joined my first bass fishing forum, and it's actually called the Bass Fishing Homepage. And I had to come up with a screen name. And back then, everybody was calling themselves something master, you know, bass master, whatever master. So I was like, yeah, I just call myself the flute master because that was the bait as I was learning how to bass fish. That was the bait that I had the most confidence in. So I made myself the flute master. Well, I kept that name and kept it. And every forum that I ever signed up for had, you know, I, I signed up with that name and it stuck. When I came to naming my YouTube channel, I actually called it the fishing partner because I wanted it to be an instructional video or channel like I was your fishing partner. And uh, all the guys that knew me on the forums told me I was absolutely full of crap and I was an idiot and said I needed to change it to the name Fluke Master. And I did. And it stuck. So I couldn't get away from it. But I don't mind. It's all right. So David Goodspeed, thanks for the five bucks, man. You're awesome. It says going from Kentucky to Gunnersville this Wednesday. Cold front rolling through and highs in the 40s. What type of structure would you look for and baits? I'd be fishing ditches and I would fish them with a uh, either a little paddle tail swim bait or an underspin with a swim bait on it. And I'd be fishing ditches that were, and I, what those are, they're, if you, if there's a pocket, then there's a, there's a low spot in that pocket. Or if there's a creek, it's going to be the creek channel. And I'm going to make cast through there and just and just hope for the best because that's a tough, tough time to do. And another thing is mouths of the creeks. I'm going to be fishing the mouths of the, of the major creeks. So, whew, I need to catch my breath. Uh, Rayleigh Mathis says, do you have any videos showing how to set up depth finders and how to use them? I don't yet. I've been wanting to do it. And I'm having a hard time with screen flutter. Every time I, I get, it gets so stinking frustrating. Every time I I go to film one, I get that screen flutter. And it's actually on the ring ring. It's a big black blob that moves up across the screen. And it's impossible to try to film it. So I'm still trying to figure out how to do that. But, uh, yeah, I'll get to it. Um, blind grilling. Says, I love uh, these chats on Fridays. Thanks for taking the time. I appreciate it, man. Joni, he says, what's going on, Gene? Had one of my, I saw the pictures. He says, I had one of my best fishing days on red rattle traps last week. I put together a 20-pound bag uh, by myself in four hours. That's awesome, dude. I saw the pictures. I was wondering what you caught them on. Yeah, those were some giants. It's that time of the year, red rattle traps and red crankbaits. I mean, I've got 10 of them sitting right here. See, there's. Red and orange, red and yellow, red and chartreuse, whatever. Yeah, I got them. Have you ever fished uh, in Arizona? I have not. Nope. I have. I grew up trout fishing with my dad. Well, not grew up, but a few years we went out west, but we'd go to Idaho. So, um, David Carver, Gene here in Georgia. Do you think we are in the pre-spawn or do we still have a ways to go considering the weather it could st still turn cold? I think they have already uh, started to move up and they are pre-spawning. Um, some will still be deep. Some will still be in their winter holes. But I think that first wave of fish have started to move up. And like I said, when the water earlier, like I said earlier in the, in the show, when the when a cold front comes through, they just kind of stop and hang out where they're at, like points 
and and rock piles and uh, transitions and things like that. They just kind of hang out and wait for it to start warm up again to warm up again, and then they'll move again. So, uh, Gunnersville bass are starting to stage up shallow in muddy water. I agree. I, I bet they are. That muddy water will start to warm up too a lot faster than the clear water. So, a reason why is you choose race marine a ray marine unit on your kayak, and which unit is is it and how do you like it i was fortunate enough when i was a moderator on bass resource many years ago to try the very first ray marine dragonfly that came out i had one of the first six that that the office got they mailed them to me mailed one to me and let me uh, play around with it i fell in love with that thing the imaging was great it was easy to use stuff like that so um and when i sold my boat to my best friend i really that's the only thing i missed on that boat was having that ray marine dragon fry fly so um on my kayak i have the the ray marine element and it's the a higher end version it's a nine nine inch screen sad imaging down imaging everything else i love it it has a little bit of but the the mapping is a little buggy but I, I'm getting used to it, and I just wish it was touchscreen is the only thing because I love to be able to do things fast. And with a touchscreen, you're able to do it fast. But as for a unit, it's great. The imaging is great. I really love Raymarine because of their imaging. Um, I, I'm going to, you know, I just, I, I, it's really helped me find more fish recently. So I really enjoy it. So, um, Somebody asked me, I'm still running my Lowrance, and I totally, it totally flew past me. But no, I'm not. I'm all, I've got Ray Marines on my big boat, too. Um, tips for fishing a lake with clay bottoms and no vegetation. Uh, usually, when you don't have anything like vegetation, you'll have like, uh, you'll have like um, stumps, or you'll have brush piles that people have put out, or you can put out your own brush piles. But there'll always be drops and and anywhere moving back into a creek or back into a pocket where you have a sudden, you know, it's a flat and then you have a sudden drop off and then it, it keeps going. That drop off is going to that's going to be a, a travel route for the bass. They're going to move up and down that drop off. And so I'm going to drag a jig. I'm going to drag a Carolina rig. I'm going to drag a good thing about clay bottoms is they don't silt up that much if they've got current that keeps the silt from settling. So I'm going to be throwing something like a jig or, or Carolina or Carolina rig or shaky head or something like that. Um, doesn't mean when there are white spots on fluorocarbon, should I re-spool? I do. Um, the the guys at Seaguar say that's really no big deal. It's just that it's starting to oxidize, and it's it is what I mean. It happens over after about three or four years. Um, if it's stored properly, it happens. But uh, I would re-spool. And I do personally, when I starts to get cloudy, I respool. So um, let's see. What to use on Chickamauga targeting bigger than average bass when the water settles back to normal? I'm going to use a lipless crankbait. I'm going to use a chatterbait. I'm just going to make sure I have a little bit heavier line, like 15 or 20-pound line on there. I'll, th I'll probably throw 17 is what I would throw on a chatterbait and a lipless crank. But... I'm going to throw the same thing I throw every year this time of year. Uh, suggestion for Lake Fork in mid-April, what color cranks should I throw? I have no clue. I have, I, it's been 15, 17 years since I fished Lake Fork, and I fished it during the spawn. Um, 
and you can pretty much throw the boat at them in the spawn and just hope to catch a big one. So uh, what's a good starter kayak to buy? Uh, Pat, you know what I would tell you? Buy one that you can afford, uh, but I would go to a paddle shop, honestly. Find your closest paddle shop that sells fishing kayaks. Find out when their demo days are and go get in one and start paddling around. Try to tip it, rock it, you know, get prepared to get wet. But rock it, see how stable it is, stand up in it, mess with it, and then go to the next one. And then go to the next one and try as many as you can before you make that decision. If you want one right now, you can go to Academy and buy a cheap one and sell it in a year or two or whenever you're ready to get rid of it. But I would suggest go to a go to a demo day or go to a paddle shop that'll let you demo demo their kayaks. Scott says 60 day before cabin season. Oh, cabin season is over in the cold North Minnesota. Love the Tuesday tackle breakdown video. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, that I started that for you guys that have cabin fever. Cause I know that you guys would absolutely love that kind of stuff. Uh, when you're just sitting there waiting for the, everything to thaw out. Uh, Gene, can you tell me about, uh, hold on a second. Can you tell me about the button you have on the side of your hat? Sometimes is it a, a, to record a catch? Tell me more. And where uh, do I get one? Maybe. Thanks. Okay. On most of my videos, there's a link in the description that links to that button. It's called the Angler Bullseye, A-N-G-L-R. And what it is, um, I have three of them in my truck. I use it every time I go fishing and it hooks up to the Angler app on my phone. If I catch a fish, I hit the button, my phone dings. It tells me that it has marked where I caught that fish. Uh, time of day. It remembers the weather that was going on then. It's basically a fishing log. I can go in. I can tell it what baits I used. I also use the, the, the app to manage my tackle. So it keeps uh, track of the tackle that I have, rods, reels, line, everything. And then you can really get into detail in keeping a fishing log. And after putting in some time and some effort into it, you can, it, it gets easier and easier and, you, and it gets faster and faster the more information you give it. So, uh, have I ever fished the P any of the PFAs in Georgia, Flat Creek, uh, Oklahoma? Uh, Marvin Farm, I grew up fishing. It's also called uh, Charlie Elliott Wildlife Center. Um, Oklahoma, I've fished once. McDuffie, I've never fished. Uh, Rocky Mountain PFA is 10 miles down, my, down the road. I consider that my home lake. So, yeah, most of Georgia PFAs are pretty good. The big lakes, uh, they can be hit or miss, but I, they really do take care of their PFAs. So I actually have had a lot of conversations with the biologist that runs around all of them and, and, and does his research. Gene, pre-spawn water temps, are they low 50s to 60s? Pre-spawn, um, it's not really a set temperature. Pre-spawn is you, your, your stuff, your water gets really cold in the wintertime. But as your air, your nighttime air temperatures are consistently above your water temperature, your water is going to automatically, you, you know, it's naturally going to warm up. As that water starts to warm up, that's when the bass start to pre-spawn. There's no set water temperature. If your water temperature was 35 degrees and it starts to warm up and it starts to warm up four, five, six degrees and continues to warm up, they go into pre-spawn and they don't leave it. They stay in pre-spawn. The, the the change in temperatures and the cold fronts to move through just makes them make them stop before they move up. So, um, see any thoughts on? Hold on a second. Somebody donated five bucks. Um, Megan Cooper, 
when do uh, females usually come to beds and stay for a bit so I can catch a big female on spawning time? They start to spawn at 64 degrees. They'll spawn till about 72. Or they start spawning low 60s. I'm not going to say 64. Um, and they'll stay for about a day and a half to two days. I know a lot of people talk about the, the, the full moon and the new moon. And yeah, there will be a big wave to move up then. But it'll be that whole time. So, all right. So any thoughts on uh, Jason Raymond says, any thoughts on the first boat, something like a tracker classic XL. Now I'm sponsored by Lumacraft, but I've had, you know, I've been in my share of trackers. And if Jimmy's still on here, tackle junkie 81, he'll tell you the same thing. Trackers are great boats. They're really good entry level boats. Uh, but you with in, just like with anything, you get what you pay for. They're less expensive because they use less, uh less aluminum and they use a, a smaller or, or uh they have it's a narrower boat they're great of aluminum isn't that isn't as good they 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 cut corners a lot not cut corners but they cut cost a lot where other companies won't um you'll find that you are fishing more in the middle of the boat because that boat's a lot more rocky than say an alumacraft or a crest liner or um an express boat and stuff like that so i would recommend it if that's what you can afford get a tracker but if you can afford like an Alumacraft or a G3 or something like that, <clears throat> go look at them because I love my Alumacraft Pro 185. It is 19 and a half feet long. I have a 115 on the back. It fishes just like a big boat. It's a little bit, it's different in, in, uh, in choppy water, but you learn how to, how to manage that. But I love it. Absolutely. And mine might be for sale in the next four or five months. So uh, let's see. Uh, any tips for going after redfish? I uh, <laughs> I did not get a chance to redfish this fall. So go to Louisiana. That's what I say. But I don't have any, very many tips because you're right. I will get upset. Uh, <laughs> I will hate you for bringing up redfish. <laughs> Let's see. Alvin Wine says, uh, how do you feel about small waters like under 1,000 acres or less? And what is your opinion on shallow waters, say, maybe four feet? I love small lakes. I wish I could fish more. Um, problem with Georgia and a lot, of, a lot of states in the south is there's not a whole lot of small lakes that are public. You've got to go ask permission to fish it. 99 times out of 100, they're going to say no. It's just, it's gotten to the point where for me, it's just a waste of time to try to go get permission to fish lakes. But I love fishing small lakes. I can cover them quickly. I can usually find fish on them <coughs> if it's not crazy weather. So, yeah, it's it's awesome. Uh, Backroads Bassin, thanks for the five bucks. He says you were the first fishing channel I watched on YouTube and inspired me to start my own channel. I uh, just wanted to say thanks. That's awesome, man. Good luck with it, man. Don't quit. That's the only difference between me and everybody else that was with me at that period of time. I'm the one that didn't quit. So, um, do I still recommend Bobspawn lures? Yeah, their their new little paddle tails are really good bait. Um, the, the creature bait, I had a lot of input in before I left Biospawn and I can't remember what the name of that vile craw or something like that. I like it. It was, it's a really good flipping bait. Gene, we got to resolve the UF, uh, University of Florida versus University of Georgia. Uh, <laughs> yep. Yep. You, we definitely do, man. Um, got a discount code for Alumacraft. I wish. I wish my discount is yeah, when mine comes up for sale, hit me up. So, um, 
Let's see. What would you throw on Altoona tomorrow morning? I would probably throw the boat away. Uh, no, Altoona. In this kind of weather, I was walk. I was looking at the water coming down uh, the Etowah as I was driving past the dam on Altoona today. Um, I don't know, dude. I really don't know. I it's gonna probably gonna be pretty muddy. It looked muddy to me. So I'd be throwing a crankbait up shallow on points unless the water's falling. If the water's falling, I'd be off the off the steep side of the points throwing crankbaits. So uh, Rod Ross says, I had my G3 aluminum since 2001. Still love it. I agree, man. It, you know, the, the thing about aluminum boats, a lot of people have um, our experience is like with the old aluminum boats that were that was horrible on the water. They were real choppy. They just. You know, flat bottom dawn boats. Well, these days they have better aluminum. They have better technology to design them. They have better machines to bend the aluminum. Aluminocraft's boats, the hull of my boat is all one solid piece of aluminum. There's no welds down the center that, you know, so there's not a whole lot of flex in it. And having less flex is what cuts through the choppy water and it makes it a lot less um, bumpy as a, of a ride, a lot less of a rough ride. And so, uh, they just there's the technology is better. So don't look past an aluminum boat from what you heard from your grandpa. You know, they're awesome. So uh, Travis uh, Aluni says, <clears throat> sorry, I'm losing my voice. I'm going to do this for just a few, few more minutes. Travis says kayak versus boat. My boat. See, like for right now, I'm I'm and I'll, this is a perfect example. I've got to go fish Logan Martin next or this next week pre-fishing for a big kayak tournament i don't have to be in my kayak until the monday of the tournament week and so i've got one week that i can fish in my boat so i haven't been to logan martin in at least 15 years so what i'm going to do is i'm going to take my boat out there and i'm going to use it to run all over the lake and just kind of try to narrow it down to areas that i want to fish then I'm going to take my kayak and put it in the water and I'm going to go find the, find the fish and dial in exactly how I'm going to catch them. I do a better job of finding large areas with my boat because I cover a lot of water. But with a kayak, I do better at finding the fish because it forces me to figure out right where I'm at. So that's the difference. And I love it. I absolutely love catching fish out of a kayak. But a boat is, when you fish big waters, you got to have one. So... Um, hey, Gene, to add to the first boat question, do you prefer aluminum or fiberglass and why? The biggest reason I, I prefer aluminum over fiberglass is cost per day. Um, it has nothing to do with, you know, you can get a boat loan when you buy a brand new boat. You can be, get a boat loan for like 20 years and you can get it to where you can completely afford it per month. But a lot of people don't think about a how much money it's going to cost in gas to one tow a heavy fiberglass boat to the lake and two to run it around on a 200 to 250 horsepower motor i went from a fiberglass boat that i had borrowed from jj pollock the owner of jj's magic i borrowed it for a month i was spending 100 to 120 dollars a day in gas and I, my aluminum boat, when I got it, I went down to $20 to $40 a day on gas and running the same amount of pretty much the same distance. Just took me longer to get there. So that's the difference. And I fish 200 to 250 days a year. 
do the math. That's a heck of a lot of money if I'm running a fiberglass. So that's the reason. Fiberglass is great for choppy water. It's great for big water, but you're going to pay for it. And if you can't afford the daily uh, cost of a, of a boat, then you're getting the wrong boat. So, all right, last question. I am losing my voice and I'm sorry, guys. What do you think of the little 10 and 12 foot sun dolphin? Seems like a nice middle ground between a yak and a full on boat if you're broke. They're okay. I, I actually grew up fishing out of one and I really lo I loved them back then. But thinking of it now, they're just, for me, they're hard to load and unload in a boat. Uh, you have to carry a heavy battery. You have to carry a trolling motor and all that other stuff. Um, I just, a kayak, you can throw it in the water. You can drag it through the woods. And I have drug a sun dolphin or what we call a, a bass raider. I've drug one a quarter of a mile across a field and into the, into the woods to a little pond. I've done it. But with a kayak, it's so much easier. So that's my that's my thought behind it. And kayak fishing, kayak boats nowadays or kayak fishing kayaks are so good for that kind of stuff. And they're made for fishing. They're stable. They're you know you can hold a lot of stuff in them and that kind of stuff. So all right, guys, I'm gonna get off of here. My voice is done. I really appreciate you joining me. You guys are awesome. Stay tuned for Tackle Tuesday coming out Tuesday. And as soon as I get all of my pre-fishing and <clears throat> my tournament fishing videos all lined up and I get everything straight. You're going to start seeing them pop out date. I'm going to this next week. It's going to be one every day. So uh, stay, stay tuned. Watch all those videos, share them across your social media. Remember hit the thumbs up, subscribe. If you haven't subscribed, but like I always say, be sure to introduce somebody to fishing, introduce them to my channel. Let me help you teach them how to fish. More importantly, get out of the water, go out and get some fish and have a great day. We'll see you.